Okay, well, you'll be happy to know, Larissa, that today I have actually genuinely sort of somewhat done the the drink theme thing. <gasps> you did. So, since we're talking about, well, since I'm arguing, I don't, I don't know how to put this. Since we're talking about Parks and Rec um, and The Office, but since we're talking about Parks and Rec, I chose the sugar sweetie drink in my fridge, a Smirnoff. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and my snack, a Kit Kat. Oh, you got a snack too? That's mostly because I didn't eat. Oh, I method acted today too. Um, all my meals were uh, terrible for me. Uh, oh, perfect. I ate. Uh, like a wait. Pawnee citizen? I did eat a carrot muffin, so I did have some health food. But oh, okay. Lunch was Cheetos. But you did eat the carrot. And dinner and was hickory sticks. And uh, the Kit Kat's been throughout the day. I'm sure your brain will be function- and functioning. And I've had a lot of Coke today, too. Not cocaine, Coca-Cola. Um, I just want you to know how I've been method acting throughout this day. In order to... And treating yourself terribly. <laughs> hey, I had a carrot muffin. Well, then you didn't method act. You either commit fully, or you just treated yourself terribly. Okay, Larissa, my body is a temple. And you succeeded at neither, it sounds like. <laughs> my body is a temple, <laughs> and it must be treated right. Okay, well, I think you did better than I did, so I looked up the recipe for what they called snake juice, and did not like it. Um, and then I found this in my fridge, and when I was doing my research, I thought, this is from that still of the episode where um jim gives this to pam in the secret santa and there's like little secret special things inside and my secret special thing is a coke and vodka it's gonna spill <laughs> but it doesn't matter it's alcohol yeah i just now realized i don't like this smirnoff ice but i will drink all of it mine's actually delicious um, well, I'm jealous. I tried to find something pink because I felt like um, rosé would have been right up Leslie's alley, but alas, I did not. I didn't research what they drink yeah. to be all so clear. I, I don't think there's like a thing that they drink. I know there's like the snake juice episode. Oh, yeah. and the other one I was thinking of was there's like the awesome blossom. But again, they're not real drinks, so yeah. I'm not really capable of making that. But... Alas. Anyways. We're here anyways. Um, Do we want to introduce Luke or no? Yeah, let's introduce Luke. Sorry, I got right into that. I just got really excited about the drink thing. Let's keep that take in where I'm like, do we talk about Luke or not? (laughs) Just like midway through. For everyone that thinks that we're super cute but hates the quality of these podcasts, you'll be excited and happy to know that we've uh, taken on a producer to keep us in line and keep things looking better and sounding better and being better. Just being better yeah making us better human beings is um, that he he has a moral obligation in this job too yeah like we are holding his family hostage and if he doesn't <laughs> do a good job they will be executed yeah okay yeah yeah um but yeah so thanks to luke for stepping in and taking some reins on this and, um, yeah, I hope he especially likes this episode. Because <laughs> it'll be a long recording session if he does not. 
yeah, I hope he doesn't hate us by the end of this. It's possible. Um. It's all possible. <laughs> never say never, baby. He'll hate one of us. That's for sure, because I think we're going to have a little bit of debate going on as yeah. we are discussing oh. two shows, and you know that everything always has to be in competition with one another. Mm. I love and hate with the same amount of energy and that's how I feel about both of these shows so I will be very passionate this episode uh, as I realized as I was writing my notes <laughs> um, just good to hear God, there'll be some unchecked rage yeah as we go into it maybe um, checked just checked do you uh, want to start off with like I guess we can talk about a little bit where they came from and their significance. Yeah. Just to us, not to the world, but. <laughs> um, well, I guess I'll just like say this sentence. Joyce and I are talking about The Office and Parks and Rec, and I know I sort of said it earlier. Oh, did we not introduce this? <laughs> in case we didn't say like that specifically. Read, read the title of the video if you want to know what it's about. I don't know. It's like, well... <laughs> don't listen to us. We're just like halfway through talking about one show, and they're like, what? Um, yeah. Anyway. A double, yeah. Um, a two sides of the same coin episode where we... Yeah. One of the shows the I enjoy. <laughs> so, Becca, you'll be talking about, I think, Parks and Rec. And I'll be talking about... Well, I'll first be shitting on you for everything you have to say about that. And then I will be talking about The Office. Well, yeah, okay. I think it, it's suitable because, you know, The Office came out. It's, like, it's kind of like the older sibling to Parks and Rec, and I think, in a lot of ways, I'm a mentor and wise older figure in your life. Um, I would never call you wise or a mentor. <laughs> Old, sure. I got my best mentor. <laughs> next um, next Christmas. I'm just kidding. I don't actually hate Parks and Rec that much. <laughs> oh, I genuinely do hate The Office a little bit. And I hope that by the end of this episode... People hate me for it. <laughs> oh, I mean, that I can convince you to agree with me. I, my intention going into this is um, I make enemies. Um, I start a war. Um, I destroy lives. Okay, well, Just, all noble ambitions. Let's get <laughs> the goals. Sorry, yeah, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about the, the show, sitcom, first. baby. <laughs> Sitcom. Well, this is like kind of an interesting style of sitcom because it's, I think you described it as a, a workplace sitcom where it all takes place in the workplace for the most part. Yeah. Um, I think that, well, obviously, like The Office for people who people know, it's <laughs> was, The Office um, US, by the way. Unless yeah, you're, the US. you're talking about UK. Well, that's what I was going to say. God. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry, go on. There's You're being slow. a British one and an American one, and we're going to talk about the American one because there's things to talk about. Um, they they do a lot of that, uh, like, dry humor, I find, in the second season, so it is very emblematic of the British one, but I think it does evolve a little bit further, uh, and especially in the later seasons, I watched a lot of, like, essays and learned a lot about how uh, they had to, like, kind of rehabilitate characters for uh like keep sorry to keep the series ongoing and keep things fresh um especially with characters like I think Michael Scott and like 
white, they had to, I think, make them a little bit kinder, like soften them up for the audience a little bit, which I think is really interesting because I think Parks and Rec um, mainly do that as like their core style is have that like softer, funnier. Yeah, I think Parks and Rec, and this is probably the reason why I enjoyed it more, was like the characters, like the main ones felt a hundred times more likable from the start. (laughs) Maybe that's just me. I liked that um, they were characters that like, I felt like in some way I wanted to root for, even when I found them annoying. Um, I'd also say, yeah, The Office... Yeah, the first couple seasons are definitely a lot like the UK one where it's unbearable to watch because it's so cringe comedy. That's my opinion, at least. Um, And I think a lot of people would agree. But yeah, they really really shifted, I feel like, a little bit later. But I don't know. Yeah, I I would argue probably that, like, like you're right. I think, but I think that Parks and Rec started off, at least in that first season, was very much, like, twin to The Office and its, like, style Mm. and characters. And I think I think you're right that the characters are more likable, but I think that especially hits in season two, whereas I think in season one for Parks and Rec, they have a little bit more of that awkwardness that the office... Yeah. I'd say that anytime I felt like... I'll admit this. Anytime I felt like Parks and Rec was playing it too close to the office format, I didn't like Parks and Rec as much as like when... I felt like it, like, sort of figured out itself as a show a little bit more. Like, I know they're similar shows, but I think, like, in the first season, you're right, and even in some of the second season, they were still trying to figure out how to be as successful, I want to say, as, like, that, like, figure out who they were. And so it definitely, Well, I think, like, in the making of it, they they were originally going to make it, like, a spinoff of The Office. And so, like, they did just basically copy the entire like style and format and then they had to like form their own path and I agree with you that I think that Parks and Rec did a really good job of making like its own way and I think that the style that it goes for really suits it and I think I don't know if this is like a hot take not really but I think that um the that that like dryness and coldness I think in the office in later seasons when they go away from that and it starts being written a little bit more like Parks and Rec, I think that's to the office's detriment and I think the reverse is for Parks and Rec. I think when Parks and Rec goes away from that cold dryness and they get into that like wackier stuff, that's where it succeeds. Yeah. Yeah, I realize I think like the two shows, now that you're describing it, and I've just realized (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's just like what kind of like humor you're into almost like I feel like I like I don't I feel like I enjoy I don't I want to say Parks and Rec is softer in a lot of ways and like it's got a really goofy wacky humor which both of them do but I feel like I feel like if you're really into like the cringe comedy then The Office is for you and if you're into like characters you love to um hate at least for me I feel like in The Office there were a lot of characters where it's like you watch it, and you watch it because you love to, like, watch characters who are kind of messed up. Like yeah, Michael definitely. Scott and Dwight and stuff. Yeah, like, when you said that the characters are, like, the bullet impress- Okay, I agree, but I don't think it makes the show bad. I think that the characters in The Office are, for the most part, very, like, unlikable. And I think 
the office has to work. It's like a cool platform for them to, to start off with um, of characters just to like, they can, it's, it's interesting to see a show take like shitty characters and I guess like Always Sunny kind of does this too, but like taking shitty characters and exploring character arcs from that perspective. Whereas I think Parks and Rec, I, Parks and Rec sometimes feels a bit to me more like new girl in a style. It's very like character driven. And it's you like, said uh, exactly okay. the correct thing and <laughs> only makes Parks and Rec a better show. <laughs> Comparing it to the best sitcom maybe ever created, I don't understand the problem. Okay, well, skirt back to our previous episode from my house. Sorry, but, continue. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, different but comparable. Um, yeah. I think they do... I guess just, like, the character dynamics that take place in, like, a workplace um, sitcom are really interesting. That's probably what we're going to talk about a lot today mm-hmm. is comparing. Yeah, I know, think also for both of them, they definitely... I think just generally in workplace sitcoms, you always have to... I feel like it's hard, it's hard to do sometimes because you have to, like, find that line between, like, their colleagues, but you also have to make them friends in order for, like, you to be compelled by the storylines and, like, yeah. stuff like that. Um so, like, both of the shows definitely play into that, like, they don't have lives outside of work, it feels like, a lot of the time, like, yeah, they just hang it's out like, with their colleagues, and yeah. that's it. <laughs> um, not realistic. Yeah, I guess this goes in interest a little bit, and we kind of talked about it, but I, like, um, I feel like part of, like, the reason why you would pick one, like, Parks and Rec over The Office or The Office over Parks and Rec, so I feel like Parks and Rec, to me, at least, is, like, a lot more of an uplifting sort of show I feel like when I watch the characters like I watch them sort of like um like it seems like they like enjoy what they're doing or at least like they care about the people they're working with and stuff like that and I feel like in the office a lot of the time I'm just watching a bunch of people who generally dislike each other being forced (laughs) to hang out together and so I think like that's part of like why I struggle with watching it is I'm like like, I don't want to watch people who just don't like each other not do their jobs for a while. And then, like, I'm supposed to, like, I feel like I'm supposed to root for some of them. And I'm like, I, I don't, because why would I? Well, yeah. Well, okay, I like rooting for The Office because I think that it's fun that you get to kind of, like, switch who you're rooting for that episode. Like, everything's so contextual, and no one's ever really, like, 100% right. And some of the things that people do are so, like, they just do it, like, nonsensically. Like, Dwight with the CPR segment where he just, like, cuts the face. Like, that would, it's hilarious. And then, like, you are on his side because you know Dwight doesn't, like, know any better. <laughs> it's just who he is, and he thinks he's doing the right thing. Um, I think The Office just gets, is like, funny exclusively in, like, bits. Like, if I watch a like a full season or a full episode of the office i'm like meh but if you show me just like the highlights reel i'm like okay yeah that's funny whereas like when i watch parks and rec i like that that i enjoy watching full episodes and full season i think i i I can agree with you like i think the more we watch the office the less interested i am in like the character arcs like long term and like the relationships long term and the more I, I like just watching individual episodes but I feel like it adheres more to like it being a sitcom that way whereas I think Parks and Rec like it's hard to just jump into episodes at any point you definitely have to like commit I mean I 
<laughs> I don't think you have to, like, hardcore commit, but okay. But fine, yeah. I think... Well, like, you have that, to know, like, what's going on in those character lives. Because there are... Not, like, that is necessarily a bad thing, but there are, like... Yeah, to some, ex- to some extent. I think it really, like, depends on... Like, I don't think they have enough... I think their storylines, like, their overarching ones, aren't, like, that... Like, they're not that long. Like, usually if, like, something's going on for multiple episodes, it's, like, a few episodes and then it's done. And, like, they'll explain in every episode what's going on and why. Which is, like, most, I think, shows. Like, sitcom shows will do that. Yeah, I do think they do different things with their formats. And I think, as well, like, I'll give you that The Office is, like, I think, like, overarching plots are pretty bad Bad. at times. Um, Especially in the later seasons. Whereas I think episode to episode, they're a lot better. Wonderful. Yeah. Sustained think, character moments. Yeah. I, um, you mentioned this earlier, and I'll give you this. I think without The Office, Parks and Rec wouldn't exist. It's like the archetype, mm-hmm. I think, for a lot of workplace sitcoms, but like, Seinfeld is the archetype for a lot of other sitcoms and I don't think it's like the best one you know like I'm glad The Office exists for this show to exist but that doesn't mean that I think it's like good (sighs) okay I guess that's that's my take it's definitely a dated show but I think it'll be yeah in this same way that like kind of like Seinfeld was I think it will be like the staple of the genre going forward for like that point in time yeah, and like okay. Seinfeld, people in the future will watch it and be like, why did anyone enjoy this? Another interesting <laughs> thing about The Office that I just kind of realized is that, like, really none of the actors from The Office... Okay, oh, actually, no, this ties back to another point I wanted to make. I think in The Office, they do a lot better job of creating, which I know is, like, more in, like, their tone than it is with Parks and Rec, but I think they really commit to, like, creating this corporate America office atmosphere i was reading somewhere that as preparation all of like the actors would have to come in to film but they would come in like eight to five and regardless of when like filming started they would have to like for an hour before they started shooting like just do office things like go around like making photocopies go to the drink cooler like type on their desk because i think it's really cool what a waste of fucking time it builds the ambiance and I think leaning towards that, like... What a waste of time! Are they just getting paid to do office stuff? Yeah, it's method acting that you Jesus. claim to do. Um, and you can take research, whatever, okay. Um, <laughs> Anyways. But they would come in, and I think that it, like, helps build the world a lot more than in the Parks and Rec does. Because as you can see with the cast of The Office, it's almost like they were built into that role because, like, none of them really got famous after except for, like, John Kwasinski and Michael Scott. Like, none of them were actors. They were all just cast for The Office to be office workers and to be average Americans. Whereas on Parks and Rec, it's just star fodder. I mean, when they were initially cast, I don't think it was just... Well, they casted actually talented people and not people that would work in... Oh, I'm so sorry. They casted talented (laughs) actors for their show. Okay. I think there is, like, a bit of, like, realism that works more with The Office than it does 
with Parks and Rec. Like, the whole, like, mockumentary thing. I don't think it's necessary in Parks and Rec. I think it's, like, not part of the show, and they just kind of did it and then had to continue doing it. Whereas in The Office, it's, like, the camera is a character and can, like, interact with uh, different scenes and, like, lend uh, a perspective to the audience that the characters don't, whereas they don't really do that in Parks and Rec. Likewise, they also, how they do things in The Office is very rarely are scenes set outside of the office. There's office events and like conferences or like after work socials, but they don't ever really follow characters home or like follow them on like a day in the life. Whereas Parks and Rec, they just kind of exist everywhere. And that like documentary style feel kind of disappears from it. Yeah, I mean, I have a question, which may be stupid. But I realized um, in my research, I didn't watch anything other than the last couple episodes. Did they do it mockumentary style in Parks and Rec? They well, didn't, right? Well, they did? mean. They kind of do, and then they just give up on oh, it. Oh, they give up on it. Um, I think that's it's okay with me. They do, like, um... Okay, I was, like, 50-50. I was pretty sure they didn't, mostly. The, I think they give up on it. Definitely in the early seasons, they have, like, the talking head scenes. But then they, they just kind of let it go. Which, because uh, to them, they, like, adapted the show for what worked. But also, yeah. you this know, bodes well Parks for my and Rec research. is, like, New Girl, and Parks and Rec has this, like, wacky sitcom style that we see, and The Office is kind of just like The Office, and there's nothing else really like <laughs> I have, okay, I, you know I'm bad at tropes. I never know what to call them. <laughs> um, oh, I just make up the names so of the one where they do this. <laughs> I have this trope. When I initially wrote it down, because I felt like the two main, like the main similarities, at least at the start for the Office and Parks and Rec, were like the Michael Scott, Leslie, Nope characters. So I had the trope of overinvested boss trope, question mark. I guess maybe more like adult child trope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should adult child. Kind and of I realized that, that. <laughs> adult child works perfectly because, and here's my take, Michael Scott is all the worst parts of a child. Um, and Leslie Nope is all the fun parts of a child, you know? Michael Scott is, like, really temperamental and emotional and throws temper tantrums when he doesn't get what he wants, and Leslie Nope is, like, a kid hyped up on candy. Like, yeah, it can be annoying, but it's mostly just, like, excited and energetic and, like, fun. And that's my, my take yeah, on the, that trope. It's kind of interesting because, like, I feel like, they're like the same character except if like like once you like the female perspective and once like the male perspective like michael scott's very much like stunted growth and can't doesn't know how to like interact with people emotionally and like understand that kind of stuff and then leslie nope is like the opposite like female portrayal of that where it's like she's a little bit overbearing and like nagging and like over indulgent and like her friends like planning like crazy elaborate parties and getting them crazy elaborate gifts for like nothing um so it's really i think basically the same character just ones and i think i think they're like i do think they're both like the epitome of an adult child like they they have they have like these very childlike aspects to them i don't know if i would say it's like they're the same like but like flipped gender like i think like, I think they, they have, like, different aspects of what you think an overgrown child looks like, basically. Like, I, I think you're right that they're, they, they have different aspects of it, but I think it's specifically, like, just in, in this archetype of what 
you would view an overgrown child as, which is, yeah, someone who, like, basically needs a lot of attention, and both of them have that, and then, like, the way they seek it out is just in different ways. I like how um they both do the thing, and I think Leslie as well, I think, changes in the second season. I don't, I don't remember exactly in what ways, like, I think she does get a little bit more capable and a little bit less um, passive. I want to say she becomes just like a little more eccentric and I think for Michael Scott they have to kind of do that as well where they give him like a much softer side so like when he's being a dick there's something you can use as like a crutch to um, that pissed me off still follow the character I feel like Sorry? it pissed me off that they like kept me okay I'm a sucker let's just get right into that um <laughs> you make me feel bad for a character I'm gonna start rooting for them but then as soon as they get their way or as soon as Michael Scott gets his way, he goes back to being, like, a terrible yeah. dick. And I'm like, so you tricked me again, you dirty, dirty horse. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where I was going with that. But I'm, I, was, I get so mad. And so I think that's, like, part of why I hated watching that. I was, I was like, I just have to skip your shit because I can't, I can't feel bad for you and then, like, be tricked. I think that's a fair take, and I think a lot of people feel that way. For me, I think it makes Michael Scott, like, a much more nuanced and, like, layered character than most of the others we see in, like, either show. I think it gives him, like, a lot of that. Like, I think he's a really empathetic character because, like, you see how quickly he, like, slips back in, like, the second he gets, like, the, like, kind of attention he wants. Like, especially when he dates, like, Jan. And they, and he kind of has been acting, like, a dick but like you know he's like insecure and then the second he gets like the girlfriend he acts like more of a dick at the office but then you see the other side of that where it his it's really his insecurities that come through and he's basically in like this toxic borderline abusive relationship where um jan can just take advantage of him because he is so insecure and i love how they kind of like explore all these different aspects of this really crazy personality that he has like this really different kind of way that he is i'm just gonna say this i don't love that or even really like that <laughs> um, <laughs> i don't really feel like i have that much to expand on specifically that aspect. like don't get me wrong i like character it depth tires you. but like it just exhausts me and it's not like i don't find it fun to watch well, I guess if you don't find it fun, you don't find it fun. <laughs> There's no more I to like say. laughing at his misery. I don't. And? I don't like seeing people unhappy. I like cheering at his successes. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a really good person. Well, I think, I think it's fun to see him, like, kind of fall backwards because, like, he is, like, a bad person for the most part. Like, he is messed up. Then, I think it's just they do the groundwork with him and Dwight too. They, I feel like they kind of do the groundwork where you can empathize with him, but like you don't forgive him. And then slowly they become like a better person where you can start to like forget that they did all this terrible stuff and they like improve on themselves. Well, I think that that's really fun. I'll say this. I don't think Michael Scott ever really becomes that much of a better person, but okay. You don't think so? No, I think he always just kind of sucks and then he's not on the show. He's like, I think he's like the best character on the show. Um, Not necessarily the best person, but definitely the best character. Sorry, you cut out. Next to Kelly Kapoor. Oh, I said I think he's the best character. Next to Kelly Kapoor. Kelly Kapoor, what a gal. I know. 
That's a character I did enjoy. <laughs> you would. She's the most Parks and Rec character on that show. Um, okay, yeah. But, yeah, Parks and Rec is, the other, is good. Okay. It's funny. Yeah. I like her. I mean, yeah. Okay. That was my big trope. And then the other trope I had, which I don't know if this... Is this a trope? I just said workplace romance and how each show does it. Oh, I also wrote down workplace romance. Yeah. Um, so... I think I think there's always something, like, this is the first thing I'll say about that. I think there's always something just kind of inherently creepy about a workplace romance. I think if you're going to have a successful one, it's always the exception and never the rule. I think, like, if someone tells me, oh, we met at work, I get a little bit sus immediately. Hmm. I think for me, because I know I'm watching a workplace TV show, I just assume there's going to be a workplace romance. So I'm never like, oh, it's going to be weird. I'm like, okay, so it's basically like watching a group of friends, except for they all work together. Okay. That's just, like, where my mindset goes to. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what you have to do. Yeah. Or you, I like watching The Office from the lens of, like, no, like, imagine you're at work and this is happening. <laughs> and it gets really weird. And I think it adds that extra level of funny. Whereas I think, well, you kind of said this before, like, I think Parks and Rec does do more of that solidifying that they're, like, a friend group, quote, fam, or, like, slash yeah. family. Well, more than, like, coworkers. This won't they surprise move on to, like, you different. at all. Um, yes. I loved the workplace romances in the office and I absolutely uh, wait all of oh wait no sorry not the office sorry in Parks and Rec and I oh, okay. absolutely <laughs> fucking hated watching Jim and Pam's relationship more than anything I've ever watched unfold I can agree with you on that <laughs> I don't like them anyone who says that they enjoyed watching Jim and Pam get together is lying to your face they're just lying to I did to their when teeth. I was a kid and I watched it when it first came out. Whenever I watched it I for the it first was, time. Well, the only time I watched The Office, I did not watch it um, uh, <laughs> more than once. But whenever I watched it the first time, I just oh, yeah. skipped, like, a lot of episodes and, like, scenes and stuff. Because I was like, I don't care. Like, you've beaten me down. I don't care. Are you talking about, like, so there's, I think there's an important distinction. There's, like, a, there's, like, a before they get together and, like, the build up. Then there's like the after they get together, and to me, those mm, people have very different feelings about. Them. I would say, I'll be honest. This might be a hot take. I don't like them in either stage. Um, That's fine. <laughs> I don't think I do either. But um, I would say they're before in like season one, and even in parts of season two, is kind of cute and flirty, which I always enjoy. Yeah. And thereafter, I think, like, really late into the show, I enjoyed more than, like, a lot of their middle season stuff. Oh, interesting. Okay. I think, like, I don't think they had a great relationship. And this is something I'll say about, okay, even the most boring relationship in Parks and Rec, which I think was Anne and Chris, um, was more interesting to watch to me than Jim and Pam's relationship in the office at any given moment. Okay, that's fair. Well, I think, yeah, I think I liked, um, I'll say this for, like, the hot takes. Okay. But I'll say, okay, so can I tell you my least favorite couple of Parks and Rec? Sure. My least favorite couple of Parks and Rec, I think, is Andy and April. 
Shut your stupid face hole. They're so boring. Don't talk to it's me. The sh- it's the same like, no, shit every episode. Just leave. It's the same shit. I don't give a shit. She's 10 years older than her. <laughs> it's it's Chris Pratt. Disgusting. They're, <laughs> shut up. They're, I love Audrey Plaza. I love them. Um, I think what, how they did that relationship is probably one of the better ways that they did. I don't even, I guess it was a workplace romance. Because they both vaguely worked at, they both worked really, like, I feel like exterior jobs initially at the, whatever, government. Like, she was an intern or whatever, and he just was the shoeshine guy until another job opened up because they liked him. But, like, I thought that was, like, a well-done workplace relationship that had, like, unlike Jim and Pam, their buildup was actually interesting to me. Like, okay, I enjoyed, okay, I will say this. It is a little weird off the bat that I'm pretty sure she's like seventeen or eighteen, and like the first, like she's really young in the I, first. I season. wasn't gonna get held up on that. I just said it, but <laughs> I like I'll admit that like, like I think yeah, that like her but... age in the first season is kind of weird, but I think like they basically brush past that well enough for me to leave it in the past. Yeah. Um, and like I actually found watching them get together kind of fun, especially since there was no like. It wasn't ever really that that long of a period to me where it was like, oh, like, they don't know the other one has feelings. Like, I feel like basically what happens is, and like, after, I don't know exactly, it's like, April's into him for a bit, and then Andy messes up, and then Andy just, like, is very open about being into her for a while, and I like that that's not like a, oh, I don't know, what if they reject me kind of thing. It's just like, he's like, no, I, I want... I want to be with you, and I think that's nice. I think that that's cute. Here's the thing. I think that I... Okay, I a much preferred Jim and Pan's build-up. I thought that it was interesting. I thought that it was emotional. I thought that's when those two characters were at their best, was season one and season two. Um, and I think, like, there's a reason why everyone's Tinder profiles are I'm looking for the gym to my Pam like it was iconic it was like the anyone writes I'm looking for the gym to my Pam in their (laughs) profile I'm immediately like swipe left I don't want to talk to you you probably (laughs) I'm like absolutely not agreed but there's a reason why like they were so popular people were like so invested in the romance um I think for my hold up with Andy and April I think they're cute when Annie's pining after her. I think my issue with them is I feel like it's the same shtick all the time and it gets old for me really fast. And I think very soon after they start dating slash get married, April um, ages out of Andy for me. Like, I think April just becomes a much more like complicated, almost main character and Andy can't keep up with that. I feel like what I liked about their relationship is that it was very much like a, or to me, it felt very much like a B plot relationship. Like it wasn't the main yeah. one, and I enjoyed that because I felt like Jim and Pam suffered from being the A plot relationship instead of yeah. just like once they get together, like just sort of make <laughs> them like a funny shtick every once in a while, which is what I like about April and Andy. No, it's I like agree. you see them get, you see like some build up. They have like their times in the, to shine, and then like you sort of just, like, make them, like, a a bit every now and again. And I do think April grows up, but I think part of what I liked about their relationship was that she has, like, I think the reason why she's into him, and she, like, says this in one of the episodes, she's like, I don't want to be an adult. I think that's lame. And I feel like 
he's very childlike and she's like oh I like that like I don't have to worry about being boring and like an adult with him like I can like it's just gonna be it's gonna be fun I think that's fine but I think that Andy also has to come to that conclusion or he has to like I don't know he he just to me sorry let me rephrase this I think Andy would also have to come to that conclusion with like a character arc that's similar in growth to like April's to a certain point to me I think they kind of flant what do you call it flanderize the flanderization of um what Andy Dwyer it's like a, a term when like I think it's from the Simpsons and it's like I don't even I haven't watched this so I don't know oh, but like- it's like when a character has like this quirky thing that they do and then slowly that becomes like their entire personality okay and I, I think for me Andy just gets dumber and dumber and he kind of becomes like Cat from Victorious and it's just like this is a child and then as April gets like smarter and like more mature I feel like it's a weird balance and it's like is this your husband or is this your child I feel like they have enough sort of like sweet and like I don't know like not necessarily like deep in how you would see it in like a drama or like a like a Hmm. different adult relationship but enough like I don't know like meaningful relationship conversations and discussions with each other that I understand what they like like about each other and like I get why they are together and I get I honestly feel more like sometimes I don't get why he's as into her not because I don't think she's I think she's a better character to be clear but sometimes I'm like she just doesn't seem like she would be your type and like it's it sometimes was weird to me that like he was so into her because she is like so negative and like I don't know she like doesn't like get excited by like very many things that I feel like he's into but like at the same time I still think they're cute I just I like the opposites attract thing and I think they do um have like episodes kind of addressing that where like they do like kind of like the newlyweds game and like they mm-hmm. they have like most of their conflicts it seems in the relationship is like them just like not meshing on things like I think one of them is just like April just likes different music than Andy and like Andy's like offended by that or something like that yeah well they do a bit of that I think maybe like what you said is probably on par with what I'm feeling is like I like when they're like a b plot relationship there's a point relationship I think what happens is like April becomes like an a plot character and so it kind of drags the relationship with her and I kind of wish that as April became more of a character maybe they show less of Andy or like when like it it, to me the relationship just doesn't keep up with the pace of the characters and the pace of the show um this might be like a hot take but I think um that once they did the episode where like Jim says his feelings to Pam and Pam says like no I think that should have been the end of it and I don't think they should have done the thing with like (laughs) it's not Anne because Anne's from Parks and Rec but um Rashida Jones yeah, whoever she plays in the office. That started to get a little bit tiring. So kind of interesting. I was like, they can recover. And then it just all went downhill from there. Once they got together. Yeah, um, I think my take was that I think they should have gotten together at like the end of the first season, basically. Or like maybe at some point in the second season. I can't remember exactly how the episodes go. Or like they shouldn't have gotten together. Like I think similar to you, like either like put them together at the end of like the first season or like you know early on in the second season or just like don't put them together and explain why like it was always just gonna be like a flirtation ship the thing is like the will they won't they can only last for so long and I feel like this is the case for every show until like 
like the thing is is like if if there's like a will they won't they there has to be like a solid reason why it's a won't they and mm. there just isn't and like the like her having a fiance thing you can kind of buy it in so long as she kind of rejects Jim and still seems like she's into her fiance but once like Jim's on the other side of that and he has like the girlfriend but they're clearly still into each other and like Pam's single and like into him it just gets weird to me and okay actually it makes me not like that this is basically in my couple deep dives so we're basically on this but what I was gonna say is it was really weird the way Jim and Pam were done in the sense of like the reason they didn't get together was because Pam had a fiancé, which is fine, whatever. But, like, they seem to consistently throughout the show just show why Pam's fiancé sucks. And then, like, yeah. never show why she's with him. Like, I feel like I never see an episode where I'm like, oh, okay, I get why you're staying loyal to him instead of, like, yeah. breaking up with him. Like, even if... Okay, here's a fun way that it could have gone. So, Jim and Pam... She leaves her fiancé for Jim, but the way they keep the relationship, like, from, like, being, like, a real relationship yet is that, like, she realizes that it's, like, a lot to emotionally process to leave, like, a significant relationship that she left and just start dating someone new, and then they have to, like, break up for a while so she can be on her own and, like, he can be on his own and stuff do that but like Like, I I feel like they do that early on and just like get it like if you want to keep it fresh that way because I feel like yeah it was so boring to just watch her be into him and her not like like her fiance at all and then like her reasonings for like not being with him were just oh well technically like I'm still engaged and it's like okay but you just kind of hate him it seems like well here's the thing with Pam I really liked Pam's character art season one through like aside from the relationship thing like I think like you said like none of the characters are like quote-unquote like good people like but I think Pam is not an exception I know that like her and Jim are usually regarded as straight characters but I think they're also um characters that are like incomplete or like unfulfilled and they're like not evil people but like bad people yeah it's like they're not and I think Pam's like that too because she's very like well, that's basically it is she's in a relationship with a guy who doesn't give a shit about her because of whatever girl reason she's like insecure doesn't think she's like deserving doesn't like open her eyes to, like new perspectives isn't confident and I think that that's fine and I think that it's fine that her friendship with Jim maybe helps her understand that and I know she says at the end of she says at one point, I forget when it was, after breaking it off with Roy, that it's like, oh, well, I didn't I didn't break off my engagement for Jim. I broke it off for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And then later on, she kind of backpedals on that when she's, like, having her outburst in front of Jim, in front of all her coworkers. And this is what I mean. Like, no character is, like, good. Like, you can't expect the best friend. They're all going to do shitty things. And him mm-hmm. announces in front of, like, her entire company that, like, oh, I left. I called off my wedding for you. And I thought that kind of, like, deconstructed a lot of the work she had done. Um, so I, I was okay with her kind of go processing her emotions. And I think that also has to do with the fact that, like, the show is being filmed. Like, I, it seems like they have pretty set rules that, like, that scenes can't take place outside of the office. So I understand that they can't necessarily, like, show as much of the gross as they maybe could otherwise. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think there could have been more moment to pause in between. And they could have been more clear on that. 
Um, I think it's when I think like Jim's reactions to things get weird. Like I think she's fine on her own, but I think the writers need to understand a little bit more in that like awkward season two, season three phase where she's no longer with Roy, what her feelings are and like what she wants at this point in time. Well, she's and still with Roy muddled. in season two. She's with him until the end of oh, season she's two. Oh, she's in season two. Or whatever, the seasons after they were. Season up. three is when, I think she breaks up with him because I looked up their relationship timeline because I couldn't oh. stand to watch any more footage of them trying to get together. So it's just wicked. Wait, when did they break up? I think her and Roy break up at the end of season two um, or something. Or like early season three. Or yeah, the end of season two and then. Jim comes back and has like a girlfriend and or like a thing with what's her name and then yeah but there's a when, season that's when she's not with Jim or Roy and then I think at one point in season three she gets back with Roy and then they break it oh yeah they do get back to this a little bit I just think okay I totally get like um from the perspective of Pam being like an insecure person who's like staying with him because like Mm-hmm. she doesn't like have necessarily like the strength to like leave this shitty relationship I understand that I just felt like they didn't I don't know I didn't feel like they showed it that well and I also didn't feel like I really felt bad for her to a certain extent like I was like I could yeah, sympathize with you I could sympathize with you for a certain amount of time but my sympathy runs out and frustration kicks in and I no longer give two shits about what's going on. like I'm like yeah you need to just like if you're unhappy figure out a way to fix this already like I don't want to keep yeah watching I, this I run in you. circles yeah. and like I think, she um yeah yeah oh Karen uh, her name's Karen, Karen. thanks she a Jones. wait her name's Karen <laughs> I would never have guessed that <laughs> I was gonna um, say Kelly but then I remembered that Kelly is a, Kelly. a character in the office already <laughs> It's such a, like, a ugly name. Sorry to all the Karens. I don't know. This isn't really a hot take. Writers shouldn't shy away from, like, having a main couple sort of, like, not get together right away because they're not, like, right for each other. Like, getting together and then breaking up, but not for, like, a reason of, like, um, oh, they did something really bad. Just, like, we're, we need to grow a lot more if we're going to be together because, like, this you isn't working out. love New Girl. No, it's... <laughs> I do, but I, I no, don't I think, like, like, I like in shows when, like, they show me why a relationship didn't work, which, yeah, they do in that show, but, like, yeah. I think they do it in lots of shows where, like, they show me why this relationship isn't working, but it's not just, like, oh, he cheated on me this one time, and now I have to learn to trust him. It's, like, no, <laughs> yeah. it didn't work right now. I wasn't ready to be in that kind of a relationship, and now I am. It's, like, writers don't understand that, like, the reason why Pam doesn't go for gym sorry isn't because she has a fiance it's because yeah. she doesn't want to break up with someone like real she doesn't want to realize that she's not into someone break up with them and then go for someone actually decent that she stands a chance with like that's the character arc the character arc I isn't just yeah. her calling off the wedding i also think there's a certain amount of fear of like with jim he sees a very specific side to her he knows her through the like mm. image that she presents in the office and like they have this relationship and I think there is a genuine fear on her part that they don't show as much of like the fact that like oh what if like in the real world this doesn't work like it's just flirty and fun and that's yeah. fine and they're like I feel like they just say oh no she has a fiance and I'm like 
that's not uh, a good enough reason for it me. It just anymore. makes it look really shitty. You no, know I think would yeah. have been a fun arc for instead of doing that whole like messy Jim's way comes back with like sorry, Karen. Um <laughs> and they have that like awkward I don't know, love triangle, but except they're dating, so it's not really a love triangle. I think it should have been more like Jim comes back or never leaves or whatever and realizes that and like when he realizes that Pam called off the wedding, maybe he feels a little bit of animosity towards her. And maybe mm-hmm. Pam feels a little bit of animosity towards Jim because he's in it. And I think that they they should have had like an enemies to like they should have had a little bit of tension with each other. I think that could have been fun. Oh, that's okay. I think I had one of the tropes I had. We talked about bosses. I thought I was going to say how I really liked how, which I guess comes to hand how with, I think like the office was really emblematic of like corporate America and it was supposed to be kind of like a commentary or like reflection of like daily life. I think they did a really good job of that. And one of the ways I think they did a good job of that is by subverting kind of the boss stereotype, which I think they do with almost every boss character in the show up and towards the end where shit gets weird. But I think, like, it was really fun to see, which I think was really different for the time, like, Michael Scott be this, like, weird, like, simp-y, but also, like, really entitled character that he is. And it's, like, kind of a weird take on, like, the just, like, nagging, like, overbearing mm-hmm. boss um, well, that you see in, like, other stuff. Most of the bosses in The Office, I would say, don't feel like they're bosses. Like, it goes from, isn't, yeah. what's his name? <laughs> Uh, I want to say it's like Andy, who, uh, yeah, comes in and he's he like manager. the manager for a bit, and it's like he sort of has a similar vibe to Michael Scott, where like you don't feel like he's in charge, like you really don't feel yeah, like he's, you know he's not and charged. he's hilarious too, because well, I think he kind of is an archetype of like he's not. I don't think like yeah, he's an archetype of like a rich boss where it's like he just disappears for a bit like remember I think he just leaves for a while and goes on a sailing trip yeah. like he just just he just drops like oh yeah. sorry I got got vacation and just like leaves I'm sure and I feel like that is kind of like a joke on like like rich bosses yeah. who just like <laughs> disappear like, to go on their yachts but, yeah <laughs> but um, yeah okay um yeah. I mean I think Parks and Rec does like I feel like Leslie is like the same sort of where like she's not the like usual boss character you might see like she's very like um she very I don't know like she's very like uh like you know she's in charge but it doesn't always feel like she's in charge like it feels like she she doesn't present like the like confident like naggy sort of like yeah this is what we're doing this is what's happening boss she's like she desperately wants everyone else to be like really into the work I feel like she's a good example of like um I don't know why like I envision like what a millennial like sort of like group environment they're like no like we're all like we're all here contributing we're all doing it yeah it's like no no we're not and how are you doing today I think yeah I think like her flaw thing is like she tries to be friends with everyone to her detriment and it's like well you're their boss you can't be their friend Mm -hmm. I think like maybe I would say for me like the office is definitely more of like the workplace commentary on like like the office and I think um the uh Parks and Rec show 
is a bit more of a political commentary. Like, I think they go into more, like, the government and, like, electoral offices. And I think that's where their, I don't know, like, philosophy show core lies is, like, exploring that. Whereas The Office, I think, is more exploring, like, more small-scale privatized. Well, yeah, that's all I have for, like, uh, tropes, I think. I think, um, yeah. We could talk. We talked a little bit about characters. Um, oh, do you have a favorite couple? Those are my discussion questions. <laughs> um, in the office or in Parks and Rec? Should we do the opposites or should we do? Why don't I do my like Parks and Rec and you do the office and we talk about? It. Do you want to do that way? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it probably makes more sense. Well, my favorite, my favorite couple in Parks and Rec. What is probably April and Andy, even though we already discussed them. <laughs> okay, it was fine. I like a couple that, like, feels like they just work for some reason that no one really understands. It just kind of worked. Um, but I also will say that in terms of, like, a couple that I, I was more emotionally invested in, I was pretty emotionally invested in Ben and Leslie's relationship. Like, I felt like... Yeah, that was, that's my favorite couple of Parks and Rec. I don't know why Andy and April I felt like of them. But I en- they're fucking dreamy, that couple. I felt like... They're a hot power couple. Okay, hear me out. <laughs> I felt like April and Andy were, like, for the show, because it was a sitcom, right? So, like, I wanted to see things that were funny. They, like, fit that vibe for me, and they work, and they were really funny to watch. And they were, like, really stable. I love a stable couple. I love a background couple that's just, like, they're together and it works and I don't have to worry about it too much. Whereas, like, I felt like with Ben and Leslie, it was an emotional journey that I enjoyed. But, like, there was, like, a lot of parts were, like, there. and what I liked about Parks and Rec, and we talked about this, the annoying thing about Jim and Pam is when Parks and Rec didn't have Ben and Leslie together, there was, like, a genuine reason that wasn't just, like, yeah, um, I was just gonna say that. I like that the won't they was actually like a won't they. It's like, oh, we can't be together. Like, I'm your boss, hurdle. and you're running for like, yeah, mayor or like, and then like their ultimate like, like yeah, yeah. and then like the conclusion of that arc was like she had to choose her career or her boyfriend, like, and it worked out. But yeah, and I think that made sense. I like, so, wa- and then like all they do is show how cute they are together, and it's so yeah. cute. Well, I also ah. I like watching them together because. Unlike Jim and Pam, I think when Ben and Leslie face a problem, they really feel like a team, and it feels like they're genuinely yeah. working together to try to figure out this issue. Um, like, I just watched the finale recently, um, you know, to prepare myself, and I thought it was really sweet um, when they were, like, talking about how they both got offered to run for, like, the... Um, uh, yeah. I always forget what they're called. The person in charge of Indiana. Yeah, it's some sort of formal government job anyways. Depends on the season, yeah. Um, I enjoyed that they were, like, they were both sort of supporting each other and being like, well, these are the pros, these are the cons. And then, like, ultimately what happened was Ben was like, no, this has been your dream for, like, your whole life. Like, you do this. Like, I'm still a city councilor. I can still, like, work yeah. it and do what I love. Like, yeah. you well, do she this. Had, like, he had already given up stuff like his career for her so she was kind of yeah I feel like they both sort of take it forward I feel like yeah. they take turns helping each other out with their career yeah 
which I enjoy. I thought, yeah, they, they have just a, a healthy, like, cute, like, I don't know. Their relationship's really cute. I love them so much. I had a hard time picking my favorite couple because I do really like them from Parks and Rec. Um, yeah, they're, they're really sweet, but for some reason they weren't my favorite. I don't know why, but, like, they, they're all really cute. I enjoy them. I like watching those Agent. two couples in conjunction with each other because it's like oh they're two really sweet and very different couples i wrote as like my second favorite uh actually i'll talk about this later um yeah okay i like them a lot and i think like wait who okay me saying that i i like uh leslie and uh adam scott a lot what's his name ben ben um, can, I don't know, maybe you can probably guess who my favorite couple is from The Office, which is uh, Michael and Holly, I think are the cutest. Jesus Christ. They're the best couple. Oh, I love them. You want to hear my, I feel like this is kind of a hot take. Wait, I had a second runner up, couple from The Office. I know who's going to be, and I think it's my runner up. <laughs> I wonder. Is <laughs> it? Kelly and Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, they're... I like that they were hilarious. They all, I almost put them first. I didn't like basically any of the couples in the office, except for the ones that yeah. I thought were extraordinarily toxic. Oh my god, Kelly and Ryan are so fucking good. Also, they're so funny. I can't say that they're like cute and healthy in the same way that Leslie and Ben are, but... They're funny. Also, okay, this is, this is a side note question. Do you also get a lot of like tiktoks and news reports that are just like fan theories about the fact that bj novak might be mindy kaling's baby daddy because i get a lot of those oh i think they're like i read mindy kaling's book so like i that's also adds to me really like them as a couple on the show is i feel like just really close friends in real life i just think slash it's, they make a lot of jokes about we're kind of dating but not like i think it's that vibe of like yeah they're like we're really close and definitely cross a lot of lines are we sleeping together probably not but I just think it's really is it off the table. Neither of us know. <laughs> I feel like like once or twice a week, I'll like open like a TikTok or like a news article and be like, you tell me that BJ Novak isn't Mindy Kaling's baby daddy. <laughs> I dare you. And I'm like, uh... sorry. Also, I totally missed the main point of that. Is Mindy Kaling pregnant? She has a kid and she hasn't what? said who the she father has a is. Kid? Okay. I think she has maybe more than one. Oh, okay. Good for her. Oh my god. Maybe this is a lie. I think yeah, she has a she definitely has a kid. But I'm pretty sure there's like some secrecy surrounding who the dad is. I I feel like realistically that's probably because she just either like got a surrogate or like he's not someone well known. I don't know. Well, yeah, I assume if it was like. I feel like you couldn't actually keep a secret that like. I feel like you couldn't okay, be well, better yeah. but anyway. So they have a child together, anyway. so that's also cute. They um, also have a yeah. child together in the show, I'm pretty sure. And no, like in the show she... It. Okay, this is my favorite part of their relationship. Where in the show she has a baby with another man, and then she just leaves the baby and the man. Yeah. Like, what a ride. Couple goals, man. That's, you, that's love you can trust. She knew. She didn't hesitate for a second. She was like, yeah, Ryan let's do for it. Life. Yeah, anyways, they're my favorite parks, uh, my favorite office couple. A little less to talk about, sure. I guess. A little. I like um, Angela and Dwight a lot, too, because they were really toxic and fun. They were okay. 
I like that Angela just like was cheating on Andy for a really long time with Dwight. I thought that was funny as a plot point because they were both terrible. Yeah, I don't think that Dwight and Angela should have gotten married. I don't think they should have like ended up together. I think I think they're both too weird. Oh, see, I think they made sense like getting married because I was like, yeah, they're both like psychopaths. They should like marry each other and plan Uh, a little. I think that like while Dwight was going through his like later seasons character arcs. One of the character arcs should have been that him kind of, like, realizing he can do better than Angela. Oh. Because Angela's a dick. Angela just straight up has, like, an affair. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, Um, with him. Yeah. She's still, like, an adulteress. Doesn't matter if you're the one she's adulting I was like, this is one of the few affair plot lines I I am into. It was funny, though. It's funny watching Andy just get... (laughs) Just duped. Totally, yeah. <laughs> totally snaked. Anyways, yeah. Okay. Um, I do like Michael and Holly, though, because I think, again, there's a good amount of, like, won't they? I think it's really fun that Michael spends the first seasons just hating Toby because he works in HR, and then his new replacement is just this hot girl that he falls in love with. I love how cringy and PDA they are in the workplace. I think that's hilarious. I love how they don't know. I love how like, there's one of those couples that you know they're really good together, but just everyone else hates them. Like, they can't be in, like, a <laughs> setting. They're just good with each other. And they're both just so nerdy, and they get along so well. And I think they just both really deserve each other in, like, a good way. Mm. Like, he, she's his happy ending. She he doesn't deserve a happy on. ending. He does. He's, like you said, a little baby trapped in a man's body. They both suck, so I'm fine that they're together, but I didn't like watching their <laughs> That's kind of it, I feel like. They're both just mirrors. I will say this. I do think it's funny that she's the head of HR and is just, like, having a very inappropriate relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty messed it's up. Sleeping like. with the boss. Like, um, Come to me with your complaints. Um, okay, I... I can I say? I don't know. Yeah, you go, go for you it. Go. No, you go. Um, I really liked Mark Brandanowitz in the way that he served uh, Leslie's arc. And as well as, like, how... I guess this is kind of a trope. I feel like it was a bit of a subversion of, like, the love triangle trope with, like, him asking out Anne when Leslie's into him and then Anne having to, like, ask Leslie for, like, permission. And I thought mm-hmm. it was really nice how kind of, like chill that was and kind of like how it was served to propel Leslie into kind of getting over it and realizing that this guy's kind of the skis and not worth her time yeah I I liked that he wasn't there for too long also like I liked his arc on the show but I also think Leslie and Mark had a fun little friendship that I enjoyed I don't know I think they have like a she was just really into him and he was annoyed by her. Like, I think, no, because I think but when he left, I or maybe I'm misremembering, but I thought, like, yeah, because I thought his relationship with Anne, he, like, became a little bit less of a dick. Oh, and she then, did, like, date for, like, a whole time. Yeah, and then she just dumped him because she wasn't into him, I think. And then, um, I think when she, when by the time he left, like, he and Leslie had sort of, like, a nice friendship. Like, it wasn't anything too special, but I yeah. thought it was nice. Yeah, because I think it's like she had kind of gotten over him by that point. Yeah. I think um, I think he did a good yeah. job. And I think he was a good character to have as like almost like an audience insert. Because 
I feel like he was very emblematic of like the office and I feel like they made him in season one to be kind of like the gym yeah and then it just didn't work for the tone of the show at all because the show was not the same tone as the office and they just got rid of them yeah I think I read somewhere that he was supposed to be kind of like the gym character but like in a show like Parks and Rec you really don't need a gym character yeah there's no straight man yeah really um yeah another this isn't a relationship but it is isn't it um let's talk about the iconic friendship tom and donna oh i also had a discussion question which was who's your favorite friendship tom and donna so cute but do they have a friendship yeah they treat yourself they do a treat yourself they're like they no i do think they have like a really funny friendship because it's just like based in both of them being very materialistic like their entire yeah. friendship is just them being like these people are whack um and talking about how much they like things like that is most of their friendship i think they're like the epitome of like a workplace friend yeah it's like you find a couple things that you have in common and it's enough to like it's like oh you also watch the kardashians every week let's talk about this like i feel like they kind of have that and like they trust each other's opinions but would they hang out on their own probably not yeah i think they're like no i think they're like that workplace friend who like you'd invite to like a party if you were throwing a party or like you might like hang out with every once in a while but like you don't want to like spend all your time with them but i feel like both characters understand that about each other yeah and like they both kind of are characters where it's like their workplace friends are not their only friends i think they have a really cute friendship but um i also like um uh, on the office uh, I think the best friendship on the office I was torn between okay I think Dwight and Jim have the best friendship on the office I actually did like their friendship I won't be mad about that statement I thought it was really cute like I, I, I think like a lot of people talk about how Jim like kind of treated Dwight like shit in like the early episodes uh, which I can agree with but I think the fact that they ended up like committing to this arc of them becoming friends of like Jim uh ending up as well I guess not really because Michael Scott comes back but like Dwight asked Jim to be his best man I think it kind of makes you look back and it's kind of like they are kind of friends in the sense that like they both really they're both so into the pranks I think like I think Dwight gets pissed by it but I think it also like entertains him a lot and I think he kind of thrives off of it I think they have a also a good workplace friendship where it's like Yeah. I think by the end they sort of enjoy or like like what they provided for each other. Like Yeah. I do think like I think Dwight needed to be bullied a little mm-hmm. bit and I think Jim needed to be needed to feel awkward a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I liked their friendship. I think in general I didn't remember that many strong friendship dynamics from The Office that I enjoyed as much as Parks and Rec, but I think they did have one that, like, also did that thing I like where it showed some character growth between both of them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Sometimes there's character growth. uh, I don't know how to put it. I feel like Jim was a little bit I feel like grew up a little bit and realized he actually did care about Dwight. And I feel like Dwight also stopped being as much of a dick. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I think they were good for each other. But all in all. And that eventually evolved into friendship. Yeah. But all in all, I didn't love as many of the... I just didn't... Yeah, I don't think I loved as many of the parks and... Or as many of the office uh, friendships or well, dynamics. They just don't yeah. have as many. And they just didn't, like, show me why I should care about a lot of the things, but... Yeah. They're a little less focused. Uh, yeah. Another... This isn't a friendship or relationship. Just a character I want to really, like, explain that I um, love a lot is Ron Swanson. <laughs> I was wondering, sometimes I'm like, oh, are we even going to mention Ron Swanson? He's, I think, a stroke of pure genius as a character. He's, he's like... No, he's amazing. Somehow, he and Leslie are best friends. Like, whether or not he'll admit it, they clearly are. But, like... And he's, like, also a healthy friend to her, unlike Anne, who I feel like just enables her a lot of the time. But, like, he's... Yeah. He's also, like... I don't know. He's really, like, funny. He's, like, the grumpy old dude, but, like, he comes through for you when you need him. And I feel like that's such a good character to have. I think him and Leslie's friendship is my favorite friendship of Parks and Rec. They have a really, like, sweet, genuine friendship that... Yeah. Like, you believe that they're friends, like... I like that they bond over their love of breakfast food, and then that's how they, like, relate. And then everything else, they're so different. But, like, they respect each other genuinely, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I just really like him as a character. Um, I like that he's the one who's, like, government is ineffective, government sucks, and then just, like, is, like, in charge of all of them. Like, he's all of their boss. Yeah. And it's such a fun foil to Leslie as well. Yeah. Like, in their friendship and in, like, um, certain plot. Um, yeah, like, I like that, like, when Leslie finds out that, like, he didn't want to hire her, like, he tried to get her fired multiple times. Yeah. And then they, she's just like, hey, but you're still here, so clearly it didn't work. He's very much like, oh, like, you're too good for this job. Yeah. He's like, sweet. yeah, he's like both, like, her friend and, like, a protective sort of, like, brother or father, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, those are... And she is to him, too. Like, she protects him from his ex-wives and, like... Get to... uh, sorry, Luke's suggesting that we talk about some side characters like Jean Ralphio or uh, oh, yeah. Daryl from The Warehouse. I almost brought up Daryl when we were talking about, like, relationships. Like, what do you think about Daryl and um, <laughs> Kelly? And I was just... I don't know. I guess they Tell don't really do much, but... I think they're, like, a fun relationship because of how yeah. it ends so casually. Like, I think it serves the show very well, and it makes a lot of sense. And I think it works for both of those characters. Did they have a relationship? I don't remember. Yeah, they date for a bit. Not really, like, like they date kind of, like, off-screen. Like, it's just kind of mentioned a couple times that they date. Uh, okay. Um, and then it. this is when I think Ryan is, like, CEO of Thunder Mifflin or some shit. <laughs> like, he's, like, in charge, and he would come visit the branch, and then she would get, like, really handsy with him and, like, get really the PDA and then to try and like make him jealous um but then when he comes back he tries to like seduce her again which obviously takes two seconds and he goes you need to like break up with Daryl and he's kind of like fishing for drama and she goes okay fine I'm gonna send the text I'm gonna and they've been dating for like a year at this point like I think she's met his daughter and he she sends him like a text being like I have to break up with you like I'm still in love with Ryan and he responds with like thumbs up emoji and then Ryan gets like (laughs) And then Ryan's just, like, annoyed. She's like, oh, my God, that was so easy. This is amazing. Like, we're meant to be together. And then Ryan's like, fuck, I just wanted the drama. (laughs) (gasps) 
Um, yeah, that sounds funny. I don't remember their relationship at all, but... Daryl's a fun character. I think he's also, like, a quite a talented, like, musician and comedian. And I think he was a bit... Which I think a lot of the side characters were on both shows. Like, I guess Sean Ralphie kind of was as well. They were. I they love, did a good job of keeping them as, like, B characters. I like John Ralphie. I just like Ben Schwartz a lot. I think he's really funny. Um, I, like, have watched his, like, improv, like, long-form improv comedy special, because I think he's really mm-hmm. funny. But, um, yeah, John Ralphio, I liked as a character a lot. I liked him and Mona Lisa. Me and my sister, like, to this day, yeah. do that to our parents. We're all just pretend we're them and go, money, please. They're so funny. Oh, my God, I love um, them. Like, I just think, like, doing something, like, like, that's just, like, they have, like, good catchphrases that I really enjoyed. Yeah. I liked him and tom's like business partnership a lot especially since like i felt like yeah he's like that kid in any group project who contributes nothing and is just like there and like if you're in it it's frustrating but watching it is fucking hilarious like somehow has like the reins on it yeah somehow he has like the loudest voice but he contributes absolutely nothing to the project and him and tom like tom just like consistently wants him to be part of his endeavors I think it's a good foil for Tom. He makes, like, Tom has to learn how to say no and, like, be responsible. Yeah. John Ralphio. And um, John Ralphio is also, I think, he's a bad friend to Tom, but he's, like, also not, like, a terrible friend. I think like, he never did just him. a good friend. Writing. He's a bad business partner. I think he can at times be a bad friend because he's a bit selfish. <laughs> That's true. But I think he's, That's like, a, he's a he's a better friend than others, I feel, feel like, so. But, yeah, I like him. I and I like Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. I like when Mona Lisa and Tom dated. And like, it was like one episode or like two oh, episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. And like, you she's like just like anytime her. he tries to like break up with her or fire her, she's like, I'm gonna fucking burn this place to the ground. She's like abusive. She's just like insane. I thought that was fun. I also like um, uh, what's her name? The like reporter lady in Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, Shauna Malway tweet. It was Agatha Olong actress. She was really funny just because she was like there basically, I feel like, for all the male characters to reject. And then for Leslie. Oh, no, wait. I mean, sorry, I'm thinking of the campaign manager you're talking no, about. No. The drunk talk show host or the news anchor. No, I'm thinking about the reporter lady who, like, is there, like, Leslie just pitches, like, and then like she goes yeah. for like mark and mark's like oh i'm into Anne," and she goes for ben and ben's like oh i'm into leslie yeah. and she goes for chris and i think she does date him for a little bit and then he's like actually i'm in love with Anne." which is kind of boring like i just think she's good as a character to like basically have all the characters yeah i on. i like how it seems like in parks and rec the, the rule of thumb is, like, if you're not, like, a wacky, crazy person, you don't get the time of day. You're not, like, useful to the plot. Like, if you're, like, yeah. a normal person, you're not going to get any screen time, and you're going to probably be the butt of a joke. And I feel like her character is also pretty self-aware about that. Like, it's, like, not, like, specifically that, but it's very, like, why do I even bother in this place? Like, it's just, like, it's terrible all the time. Yeah. But, yeah. I think, um, yeah, as far as side characters go, I think Preston Rec. Has a has, I think they have the license to have a lot more crazy ones than The Office does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. 
we should move on probably to I don't know the finales. I didn't really have like I don't know if you want to talk about like exactly the finales. Um. Okay. This isn't very well for my Parks and Rec is superior to the Office thing, but yeah. I didn't really love the Parks and Rec final <laughs> finale, like the two part finale. Like I liked the last season, to, like as much as I like most shows. Last seasons where it's like, oh, like probably a last season wasn't necessary but it happened so yeah um but I think the two-part finale was weird because it was just like basically showing all the separate characters and like what they do in their future in like little clips and I was like oh this doesn't really like work with like the way that the show is set up where it feels like it is very like um I don't know like I feel like Parks and Rec does have a lot more overarching like themes and so like you can kind of show us throughout the last season, like, what's going on with all the characters and where they end. You don't need to, like, randomly just have a clip. It's like watching just, like, a little YouTube clip about where each your character is now. And I feel like that's literally what they could have done. It's just made, like, a little YouTube thing. It's like, you want to know where your favorite Parks and Rec characters ended up? Watch this clip. I also feel like no one ever really wants to know where their favorite characters are now. Yeah. Like, I hate, like, reunion stuff. I think, like, it can be done tastefully, but, like, for the most part, I hate when they bring back iconic characters, like, so far down the line, which I don't remember when, how far from the show being aired that, like, Parks and Rec do, but I feel like I like when finales just leave it open to interpretation a little bit. Like, like it should be wrapped up enough for, like, I kind of have a general sense. Yeah, like, like I, want, I feel like... What I did like about it is that there was definitely closure and it was satisfying. And mm-hmm. watching it, I was like, oh, good. No one can come back, make this show, like, make a revival or a reunion episode of this show and, like, fuck it yeah. up. Like, no one can come back and say, oh, actually, this I didn't happen. Like, up. they all got a happy ending in some way or another. Well, I mean, I think Jerry dies at the end, but <laughs> he was old, so... Like, I think they all got, like, you sh- saw very firmly what happens in their lives, and that's what happens, and you don't need, like, to question it, which I enjoy. I will say I was mad that April and Andy had a kid, because I feel like a lot of their relationship was them talking about how they don't want kids, and then randomly at the end, Andy does want... Well, like, it's not that I don't... Sorry, it's not that I think it's out of character for Andy to have wanted a kid. I don't even think it would have been crazy if, like, they had a kid at some point. But I felt like the way they did it was really weird. And I also feel like they're not the characters where you look at them and are like, yes, you will be good parents. I think that's, like, also what tainted why I thought maybe they weren't a great couple. Why I felt that, like, Andy looks significantly more immature is that, like, they do end up with a kid in the end. So it's like, well, you haven't, like... But you should not be in charge of another living being based on what they've shown me. You're capable of processing in your brain because mm-hmm. this is ridiculous. And, like, same thing for April, which I feel like she, like, regresses um, when she's with Andy versus when she's with, like, Leslie, where she's, like, kind of in her – she's kind of being, like, her best self. Um, I don't know. Are they parent material? <laughs> they could barely look after their dog. <laughs> I mean, I think, like, part of it is also like, – like, I remember in one episode they had, like, a random discussion where April's, like – yeah, and maybe eventually we'll adopt, um, like, 80-year-old twins or whatever, and that will be our yeah. life. And I was like, yeah, that's about as weird as I feel like your relationship is. So I thought it was weird. They had kids. I feel like the best way for me to be okay with them having kids is 
just like if April accidentally was pregnant or something. She's like, well, well I guess. I think she was, wasn't she? Nope. Oh, did they, oh they planned it. Okay. They discussed it. I, yeah. Okay. Well, they, like, we're talking about it in one episode, and then they cut to a year later, and she's giving birth, so I assume. Because uh, I would have been, like, fine with it okay. if it was something that, like, out of nowhere, right, April's like, oh, I'm pregnant, and they're just like, ah, oh, fuck it, let's do this. I feel like that would have been in character. Um, and, like, it wasn't anything, but it was just kind of, like, a weird thing where I was like, I don't know, I'm okay. Because, like, also, you know, not everyone has to have kids. Yeah. It's um, weird that that was forced on me. That's the only thing that I really, really didn't like about the finale. The rest of it, I didn't mind it. Like, I enjoyed that Anne and Chris came back to, like, be in the finale for, like, a hot minute. I thought it was funny, the joke about how Anne and Leslie want their kids to date. <laughs> yeah. And there was, like, a, I don't know, a cuteness to it. But, yeah, I didn't love it. But I also didn't like the office finale i mean i didn't like most of the office but i didn't like the finale either i really liked the office finale and i think like it does a really good job like like i won't argue that like any of the last seasons of the office are like in any way good or decent i know that they're really terrible but i think like the season finale stands out among that i think it just like does a good job of wrapping up um, the character arcs, like, just, just bringing Michael Scott back at that point, I think really sold it on me, and, like, Dwight asking Jim to be his best man, like, it just solidified arcs, and it not, it's not necessarily like an ending, um, but it's, like, it's what's the best, I don't know, it's, like, the best way they could have ended it, I thought. Um, I didn't like when they showed, okay, I like that they brought back, like, the documentary thing, I like that that kind of became a point, I think that they could have save that plot beat for just like a moment in the finale um because I didn't like seeing like all this like fourth wall breaking like them talking about the documentary and stuff I, I like they should have kept it if they wanted to do the documentary thing they should have kept it as if we're also watching the documentary oh I liked that they did the documentary thing I thought like I thought it was like I thought it was funny because it's like this is ridiculous like, it was just so, like, ridiculous at this mm. point that, like, the documentary was still going on and that they, like... Yeah, okay, that's fair. We're doing this. Um, so I like that. I also, like, it did feel like... Both finales, to me, felt like closure. Like, I was like, okay, and we're done. Yeah. And we're out. Which is, like, all you can ask for from a finale, really. Um, but yeah. I didn't think... I didn't particularly love either of them. But I at least enjoyed the last few seasons of Parks and Rec. And I did not enjoy like there i also i think parks and rec improved as it went on and i think the office got worse as it went on should we just just go into the hot takes let's dive into our hot takes i mean i've said a few of them like i'm not a jim and pam stan yeah um I think the Jim and Pam thing is one of those things where, like, people were really, really into it, and then it's one of those internet things where, like, oh, people are really into it, so now there's going to be a wave of people who are just, like, really against it, and there's a wave of people back that are, like, I don't know. Yeah. Back and forth. I like that um, I have in my – I like that I have in my note for my hot take about Jim and Pam that if you have the I'm looking for the Pam to my gym on your dating profile, nobody likes you. it's <laughs> <laughs> so cringe. Everyone who's listening that has that take off. Take it down. Um, okay, do you want to hear my... I have some hot takes about uh, Parks and Rec. 
I don't really have hot takes about The Office. None of them are hot. They're all just... Yeah, my only other hot take was, and I said this, that I was rooting for Ryan and Kelly. That was my only other hot take about The Office, really. Um, So I didn't really care for Anne and Chris together. I'm just broken up. But who I did care for was, I think, Anne and Tom together. Oh my god. I thought they were so good together. What's wrong with you? Are you okay, like mentally? We're perfect for each other. Jesus Christ. Perfect for each other. (laughs) They're both superficial. They're both kind of shallow. They're both kind of materialistic. And they have really cute chemistry and they think each other they think both of each other are really funny. Like Tom just always thinks Anne's really hot. And they had really good chemistry when they dated. Um, I was fine with you like, the liking the office, it was but like, I can't be your friend anymore. <laughs> this is over. I'll talk to you exclusively really on the cute. podcast. They'll now. come to their senses. Um, will I will say it. this. I thought Anne was super annoying. Uh, Luke, you betray. He's gonna cut it out. Betrayer. Entire response to that. And my response would be the only one. The whole episode would just be me saying that. (laughs) Um, Luke has betrayed me. I can't be friends with either of you. Anyways, I did think Anne was annoying. I didn't love her as a character. Um, I was fine with most of her storylines. Like, I didn't think she had many interesting ones. I thought her most interesting one was when she decides to have a baby and then when she and Chris are together. Mostly because I like Chris as a character. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch your stuff. Um, I also think she and Leslie had a bad friendship. Like, it wasn't? Ooh, interesting. Say more. Um, I would say that I think Anne is, like, too passive as, like, a friend and a person. And Leslie is too, like, in your face. And so their friendship doesn't mesh well together. Because, like, mm. Leslie's, like, inserting herself in Anne's life all the time. And Anne, like, doesn't stand up for herself a lot of the time. And even when she does, it just comes off mean. And she's like, no, sorry, thank you for doing all this nice stuff for me. And I'm like, no, if I had a friend like Leslie who was like, get this job, work here with me, do this, like, date this guy, do this, blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, fuck off. Let me live my life. She's a bad friend. I think Leslie, whether or not they mean to do this... Um, emotionally manipulates the people in her life into doing things for her and uses, like, her generosity and, like, gifts and stuff to, like, yeah, um, make people want to, like, help her and be there for her. And, like, I don't think it's necessarily intentional or from a malicious place, but she does do that. Yeah, I think in, in her mind it's, like, a, a negotiate, like, friendships are, like, a negotiation, which I think is, like, kind of sad, but, um... I agree with you, especially in the early seasons. She, like, can't respect any boundaries. She can't, like, she she comes from a very, like, selfish perspective, I find, which probably has to do with, like, what you said as her being, like, a child, almost emotionally. Oh, that really comes through. I think as it progresses, like, okay, I think Anne is also a very passive person who definitely benefited from Leslie's friendship in the, the long run. If you had just told me, like, season three I would have been like Anne get it or season one I would have been like Anne get the fuck out like this is a lot but (laughs) Anne was also like with Andy in season one and 
Leslie, I think, kind of dragged her out of that. Like, she made Anne feel like she was a part of something. She made Anne feel, like, a little bit more confident. She, like, encouraged her to go out on dates and, like, um, really get to know herself. So I think, like, while, yes, it was... I think it was, like, a setup for a toxic relationship. But I think as they both went through, like, their character arcs, they met in the middle in a really nice way. Like, they both compromise their characters for each other in like the best case scenario like i do think Anne benefited from the friendship but i think that just really i don't know i just think maybe i dislike them both individually like i like leslie all in all but i found that like she struggles with respecting other people's boundaries and like yeah even when they are like clearly laid out in front of her she doesn't respect people like it feels like she doesn't respect the people she claims to love which I don't think is good yeah and then I think Anne is just like you shouldn't need a friend to be forcing you into like doing the things you want to do or that are good like I get like you know being like like I get to some extent being in a bad place or like not being able to like necessarily say what you want or what you need all the time but it feels like she genuinely just needs Leslie to force her to do anything um yeah so yeah that's I mean those were my biggest hottest takes so if you have any more other than your crazy stupid dumb bitch and theory and team Tom um um, Other than that crazy, stupid, dumb theory, what what else you got? Well, you're not going to like... Oh, sorry, I wrote this down. You're not going to like it. Well, we already talked about, a little bit about April and Andy. But as mm-hmm. I saw April, in my opinion, starting to mature out of the relationship with Andy and become kind of a different person than she was, how I felt she was in seasons like one through three or four or whatever, I thought they should have gotten divorced. Don't talk to me ever again. Just, that's my general Just end it there. <laughs> well, have, I feel like I've successfully converted you into liking The Office. I feel I'm like I'm going to take have, that home with me. I feel like you've not converted me into liking The Office if that was your intention. The Office has its faults. I still think... It has many faults. I still think it's S tier. The Office sucks. Parks and Rec is amazing. Parks and I think Rec is just New Girl and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and they're all the same. They're okay. fine. All pizza is good. Some pizza is better than other pizza. And yeah, and the office is like a pizza. I don't know. Let's <laughs> try to tie that together. The office is like a pizza that you would put, like, pineapple and anchovies and mushrooms and all the mm, shitty things the on. tasty, like... Yeah, like, you'd put everything you hate in your on mouth, that pizza, like, and you wouldn't enjoy it. But, like... And Parks and Rec is the calzone. It's not a calzone. Although it's a calzone a lot for something that's not a calzone. I will say I feel bad for Ben a lot because I feel like they just bully him for like his interests. <laughs> the office yeah. is like like I don't know. It's got like a couple of nice things on it, but it's not that fancy. I like Probably the like, humor. It's hard to get right, you know, and they just get it so right. Tots Tots, I think, is one of my favorite episodes. But I know, like, just like pineapple and anchovies on pizza, it's an acquired taste. So maybe you all yeah. just need to acquire your taste a little bit more. And come message me when... People say acquired taste when 
uh, something's bad, but they like it, so. It's nuanced. It's not bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think <laughs> this is the friendship ending episode. Okay. See you never. Okay. Um, all right, well, I hope you enjoyed. Listeners, viewers, whoever you are out there. Yeah. Let us know uh, what your favorite show is and why. Maybe who your favorite couples are and why. I know we didn't mention a couple. Like, when runner-ups for best, I think we're like Phyllis and Vance from Vance Refrigeration. I also really liked um, the the Sweetums Factory Gold Digger and her old man in a wheelchair. They were pretty adorable. So pretty comparable relationships. Um, But, yeah, let us know. Yeah. What your thoughts are. I know these are hot topics with even hotter takes. I'm sure we didn't get to all of them. But probably most, probably all of them. I think we just said everything that was of, important. Like, irrelevant.